listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. I got so excited about donuts with Dad, I ripped my microphone off my head. And this thing, you got to form it just right or it goes cattywampus on you, so... Anyways, but a celebration of godly fatherhood, Father's Day and even Mother's Day is always one of those weird holidays, right? Where you're like, well, I had a great mom and I want to make a big deal out of that. Or like, man, my mom was just not even there and I, I, it's kind of a sore spot for me in life. And so this is about celebrating all that's good in fatherhood, primarily our Heavenly Father. And also an opportunity to honor those around us, right? Even those who aren't perfect to say, hey, thanks for who you are and your efforts towards me. So that's really good. Um, we have in the first three rows our um, Japan missions trip. Is that, team, is this right? That's good. There are, there's a pretty decent contingent of young people from Hope Church as well. So obviously they're at their own church. And there's another young lady, my niece, who goes to Faith Church in Beecher. They're celebrating graduates out there, so she's out there. So this is not the full and complete team. There are some more. Actually, Adam and Allie also are up in Minnesota visiting Allie's family. But this team here and your families, we are excited about your faith and your hard work and the adventure you're about to set out on. And so this morning, by way of the preaching message, I'm going to preach your commission. And it is for you something I want you to hear from the Lord for your trip. I want parents and brothers and sisters to hear it in faith for you. And I also want all of us as a congregation to hear and feel a fresh commission from the Lord about our own mission, which is our life in Christ. It's not like there's one set of people that go on mission and there's another set of people that just kind of hang out and just live their life. It's really not the biblical picture of Christianity. The biblical picture of Christianity is this idea that we're all changed by Jesus transformed to be more like him and that we take on his heart and his mission and that we live missional lives wherever we go. Amen? So how many people are on mission today? Yeah, you are. It's good. It's good. Now, there was most people in a spattering, but I recognize as we live lives, as I live my normal life, I'm not always thinking about mission. Anyone like me? Okay. So this sermon and this commissioning is for all of us to get a reboot and specifically for our young people and their leaders to feel a fresh focus and vision as to their trip to Japan. So are we ready to hear that today? All right, let's pray. Amen. Let's pray and ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit's help to just cause our hearts to light up and burn with zeal. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, for the chance to gather and to eat Lord, your provision in the most practical things, food every day, God, we recognize that that's not just because we work and pay for things. Lord, you provide for us at so many levels. And so thank you, Lord, for providing food. Thank you for providing this church. Lord, to all of us, God, who desperately need a community whose heart is for God. Flawed as we are, God, we recognize that we're products of grace. And your grace to us is not without effect. Your grace is changing us. 
And so thank you for this, this divine community of people who have been redeemed by your blood, who have been born again out of imperishable seed that will live forever. And God, that have been filled with your Holy Spirit, your power, your presence, even now as we live this life. God, thank you for your word, which is mighty, is mighty to save and transform. God, we don't want to be like people who live our lives building our house on the sand because when the storms come and they always come, that house crashes. God, we want to build our life on your words. That God, when the storms come, we'd be like people who built our house on a rock. That God, that house is solid and when the storms come and it beats upon us, God, that we can stand firm because we've built our house on your promises and your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for this moment that through the foolishness of preaching, our lives can be transformed and that people can be saved. Now, Lord, be with us in this time. Let my words be your words. Let our ears, God, hear the word of the Lord to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today is Ascension Sunday, and so I'm going to base the beginning of our commission on the beautiful words of Luke 24. And so you'll see them up on the screen. Maybe you'll open your Bible or your phone. Luke 24, verse 50, it says this. When he, Jesus, had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. You know what's incredible to see is, and a friend of mine told me this, I just, I love it. That when God, the first thing God did when he created Adam and Eve, the first thing God did when he created us is what did he do? He blessed them. The very first thing. And the very last thing Jesus does as he's ascending into heaven is what? He blesses. It's God's heart for you in your creation, in your redemption, for God to bless you. He's not stingy with his blessings. All those who have a heart that want to be blessed, say amen. God wants to bless you. Verse 51, and while he was blessing them, he left them and he was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually in the temple praising God. I think it's important as we think about mission, living a lives that we hope would have an influence or an impact on society, on our world, even in other nations, that we are missional people based on the victory and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Jesus has won for us a complete and full victory. When, when he was born into this world, he was welcomed by angels and shepherds alike. When he lived his life, he blessed and he taught through truth and God's heart and God's love and miracles. And he, he gave compassion and he released those who were being oppressed. Jesus' whole mission and whole ministry was to win the victory on our behalf. Even at his crucifixion, right, while he bled and he died, he said, it is finished. Then on the cross, every sin... Every betrayal, every denial, every apathetic moment, every missed opportunity, 
every intentional stepping out of God's will to pursue your own way, all of that sin was put on Christ. That the physical suffering was only surpassed by the suffering of sin and the penalty of God's wrath being poured out on him. And so that when he had given up his life on the cross, he says, it is finished. What is finished? The victory over sin for all who would believe. That as you guys now commissioned to go to Japan, you are not carrying with you the burden of your sin. You're going to pack a lot of things in your suitcase. You're going to put some fresh underwear, a couple clean pair of socks. I hope you're going to bring your Bible and maybe a journal. You can write down what God's doing. Some of you are going to slip in some granola bars because you're not sure about the food. You know, you're like, yeah, do they cook any food in Japan or is it all raw fish? We don't know. (laughs) Is there going to be McDonald's? Maybe, but it's not going to taste quite right. There's nothing like American hormone-infused processed meat to put on your cheeseburger. We don't know if they do that the same way in Japan. So you're going to be packing a lot of things. One thing you should not pack on your way to Japan is a burden of guilt and sin. You are taken off that runway with hearts that are free from condemnation. Because we know some of you didn't obey your parents just right this week. You know that your room's still a bit messier than your mom would prefer it to be. Maybe more significant than that, you know some of the, some of the more catastrophic brokenness of sin in your own life. Resentments and hates and lust and all these different things that are common to man. I want you to understand something. When Jesus rose from the grave, and there in the end of Luke, he ascends to heaven. And he's blessing and he's blessing and he's blessing that he bore every sin. Not only the ones you did, but the ones you're in now and the ones you'll ever do. That for the Christian life, guilt and shame are not to be packed in our luggage. Don't take it with you. Leave liberated and free in your heart. I love how it says in 1 Peter. 1 Peter says, Jesus has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels authorities and all powers in submission to him listen the victory that christ accomplished on the cross and was vindicated in his resurrection and ultimately in his ascension where he sits you know why he sits is because the job is done your victory is complete in christ on your own you don't have it but in christ it's all yours So when Jesus sends us out, whether it's to Japan or to our workplace or into our neighborhoods or our homes, into our families, you don't go. You are not sent in your own strength, in your own merits, in your own reputation. You are sent in the merits and the victory of Jesus, and you are sent with the reputation of Christ. Because he has the victory, and it's yours simply to walk in that victory. When people look at you and say, what do you have to tell me? You say, I got nothing. I got nothing except the experience I have of Jesus Christ, who saved me, who loves me, who 
cause me to get free of my sin and live a life full and joyful and no condemnation, purpose, and etc., etc. Christ's victory is yours. Let me just reemphasize this in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 4, it says this. And I, I, I was just going to read the verse, but I want to read the whole context. Please listen. Please absorb this into your heart, into your mind as I read it. It says this, Ephesians 2, 4. But because of God's great love for us, let's personalize that. But because of God's great love for you, God who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in trespasses. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in heavenly realms. We are seated with Christ in his victorious position. In order that in the coming ages that he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. Not by works, so that nobody can boast. Nobody can boast. We are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. So, to repeat, you've been made alive with Christ. Your sins have been forgiven. His mercy is poured out. But here's God's purpose in this. It's so that God can show through your life the incomparable riches of his grace. Let me put it this way. You have been born again. You have been redeemed. You have been blessed so that you can be God's show and tell all over the world. How many people like show and tell? I love show and tell in school. You know why? There were no books involved. It was generally more interesting than my normal math or science or literature. And and you got this, this glimpse, this window, right? Into someone else's life. I mean, someone, you're in third grade, and someone shows up with their dad, and he's a fireman, and he brings up a fireman's axe, right? Suddenly, everyone in the class is like, whoa, yes, there's an axe in class. You probably shouldn't do that today, but back in the 1920s when I was in grade school, that was possible. And then the fireman would say, with this axe, I can chop through a door or a wall, and I can save somebody. Or maybe a doctor comes in and he's got a show and tell or maybe some kids, his dad's a doctor, and he brings in the stethoscope and you're like, whoa, look at that thing. What is that thing? You stick it in your ears and you put it on someone's chest and you can actually hear the beating of a human heart or not hear the lack of a beating of a human heart, but it's an incredible tool. And then in that moment, you're in class, bored to tears, and suddenly you are transported to another world. When God talks about us being recipients of mercy and grace so that through us he can show the world the incomparable riches of his grace. 
God wants to do show and tell through you. He wants you to demonstrate, oh, yes, this is what God's grace has been to my life. This is what it means to me. Oh, God is so rich in grace. He is so loving that, you know what? He went out of his way to put me in a good Christian home and to protect me and guard me from all kinds of sin so that I might rise up and grow up, that I might love him. And that somehow I might capture his heart. I didn't do that on my own. God did this in my life. This is my testimony. That God has put me in this place and even so that I might grow up and that I might share with you the riches of how much God loves you and how God does not hate you or condemn you for your sin. Quite the opposite. Like my sin, he bore it on the cross and he wants you to know that he loves you. That You can be the show and tell. You don't have to be old and been through a lot of turmoil in your life to be an amazing show and tell. You can be. Because God's grace never runs out. He's there when you're a little guy. He's there when you're, in my case, teenager trying to figure things out. He's there when you're all grown up. He still carries you. What can God show the world through your life? How is God's grace evident? And this is the beauty of the commission. Your commission is not to have all the answers. Your commission is not to go save the world. Your commission is to go and be a living illustration what it means to be loved by God. Can you do that? Is that so hard? I know a lot of young people that think they're in love with each other, and it is not hard to talk about the people that love them. I remember a particular young lady that she didn't have a boyfriend the first time I met her. Uh, She's now part of this church. Don't start thinking about who it is. And then she got a boyfriend, and she visited with other, she's a friend of one of my daughters. And so, so then, like every 30 minutes in conversation, she'd bring up her boyfriend. You know, my boyfriend does this. My boyfriend does that. Yeah, my boyfriend's name is this. She was beaming with this boyfriend. Oh, for all of you ladies to be so smitten by your boyfriends. She couldn't stop talking about him. There was no question. No one in the room knew that she was without a boyfriend. Good for her. But how much more might you talk about your Heavenly Father's love? To be a living illustration. God loves me so much, He did this. God's caring for me so much. God made a way for me. I don't know why, but somehow I got to go on this mission trip and look at me. I just want to tell you how much God loves you. Show and tell. Pretty good. All right. Oh, anyway, one last point, and then I want to give you some commissioning points. So Jesus, as he's ascending, he's blessing. And you see that in the end of Luke. Acts, of course, Luke and Acts are written by the same guy, right? They are actually the same size scroll. If you look at the original scrolls, different, they're the same, same length. It's pretty cool. And so Acts is like Luke chapter 2. And so Acts begins where Luke leaves off with Jesus commissioning and ascending. And he gives this version of Jesus' last take. And the point here is that Jesus himself is the one who equips you for his service. 
So look at Luke chapter 1, verse 4. It says this. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you will have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the very ends of the earth, even to Japan. Which is, Mr. Hescott and I figured out this morning, 6,314 miles from where we're standing. I think that qualifies as the ends of the earth, right? After he had said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. Those of you who have been a part of the logistics of the Japan team, maybe you've seen the the, the team meetings. Parents, you've been to a lot of team meetings. You've got information. Students, you've been preparing, right? You've You've been raising money and saving money. You've been putting your birthday money towards your trip. You've been doing cultural things within the youth group to kind of learn how Japan works, right? You've been eating Japanese food sometimes. Is that true? Did you have some Japanese food? Yeah. Hopefully you've been praying. You've been studying your Bible. You've been working together as a team, right? You've been learning how to do team things together, how to work together. Very, very important. All good preparation. But Jesus, in addition to all that, reminds us that the greatest equipping that his people can have being sent into the nations or just being sent into the neighborhoods is for us to wait and receive the Holy Spirit. That is the preparation that God dictates for his people before they go out. They says, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Lansing. Don't leave O'Hare. Don't go anywhere until you receive that which I want you to have. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you power. He will make a way. He will be my presence with you wherever you go. Do not leave without the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit for people is elusive. And so Jesus made it very simple. And so he just said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Let's make room, make space in our heart and invite the Holy Spirit to come and take charge of our lives. There's power for ministry, but there's also power for personal change and personal growth called sanctification, being more like Jesus. He says, don't try to run out. Don't try to go do the mission. Don't try to save the world with your own ideas. Wait for power. It says that you're clothed. You put on this clothing of power from the Holy Spirit. I just pause a moment because I'd love for you to think about that for your own life. Are you clothed? Are you baptized? The word baptism is a, it's a transliteration. It's not an English word. It, the Greek word is baptismo. And it's this idea of being immersed. It's like you're baptized in water. 
right? You get submerged in the water. Water is all around you. You become enveloped in the water. Well, the baptismo, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is of the same idea, that we become submerged, surrounded, immersed in the Holy Spirit. And then it's not a just intellectual thing, although the Holy Spirit renews our mind. It's not just a heart thing, although the Holy Spirit certainly helps develop us in our, our emotions. It's not just a physical thing, although there's physical power and energy and strength for our bodies in the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, we see people being transported by the Holy Spirit. We see people being revived and encouraged and re-strengthened for ministry. Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit who comes and does all the things that Jesus did when he was on earth. Strengthens and feeds and nourishes and encourages and convicts and teaches, comes alongside and empowers you. So I'd like to take a moment, just a brief moment, and invite you just to close your eyes. I'm I'm, I'm saying particularly those going to Japan, but I think we're commissioning the whole church. Simply ask the Holy Spirit to come. Make room, welcome the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. I want you, I need more of you in my life. Holy Spirit, I want to be baptismoed. I want to be immersed not just a little toe or even up to my ankles. Holy Spirit, I want to be completely submerged. Holy Spirit, we want to wait. We don't want to go rush on ahead. We want to have your power and your wisdom and your strength. Holy Spirit, we need you to transform our lives. Lord, give us the, give us the power, give us the desire, give us the transforming process to be more and more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill us with the power of heaven. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would unlock gifts, gifts of wisdom, gifts of leadership, gifts of teaching, gifts of tongues, gifts of prophecy. Holy Spirit, we ask you to unlock gifts, gifts of healing, Holy Spirit, we pray you would come and pour down on us. Prepare us. Lord, we can't go without you. Prepare us for the commission, for the ministry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
the scripture says that when the Holy Spirit came, it seemed to be like there was tongues of fire resting on each one. And they broke out in boldness, and they broke out in a language and communicated the heart of God to all peoples. All that were gathered there heard the word of the Lord and the love of God in their own language. It was through these individuals who were filled with the Holy Spirit that the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ made its way, sought out people of different cultures, of different languages, of different nations. It was with great boldness that they spoke, that they were no longer afraid, but God, they they found courage in God. Lord, we receive your Holy Spirit today. God, we ask you to fill us, to let us overflow, not just for us, but for the nations, not just for us, but for the neighborhoods, not just for us, but there'd be a manifest presence of God on the earth in your church, that we would be a living testimony, a glorious bride, that the nations themselves, oh God, would find hope in Christ through your church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, young people, I want to give you a couple things by way of commissioning as you go, and leaders. Number one, be spiritual. Be spiritual people. The work that you are doing as you go is not just physical work. I know you're prepared. You're going to go into the schools. You're going to have your ministries. You're going to do your English stuff. All that is physical activity. You're going to carry your suitcase. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to get the sleepers out. You're going to have jet lag. All that's physical activity. But you are there not for physical activity, but for spiritual activity. Because the weapons of our warfare are powerful. Not at destroying people, not at fixing people, but at tearing down the strongholds of the enemy. And so by your very presence, there will be a living and powerful spiritual testimony that Jesus is on his throne. Be spiritual. Young people and leaders, I, I want to tell you, while you are there, you are going to hear from God spiritual insights, spiritual direction. Be ready for that. Listen. Write it down if you need to. Sometimes God's just going to ask you to pray. He's going to give you specific insight to pray. Pray for that person. Pray for that person. God's going to put something on your heart, and you're going to go to your leader, and you're going to say, I feel like God's sharing with this with me. Can we do this? Be spiritual. Amen? Number two, be courageous. Don't let anything stop you from stepping out, from stepping up. This is not a time for fear. You can leave your fear out of the suitcase. Be bold and be courageous. You know that the first disciples of Jesus were just simple, uneducated people. They were not They were not the kind of people to stand up in the market or in the synagogues or before kings and before the Sanhedrin and and tell them about Jesus. They were not that kind of people. They were simple fishermen, uneducated. They probably couldn't even speak that well. They weren't very eloquent. But they recognized that these people had been with Jesus. And because Jesus had been with them, they were with God, they were very, very bold. And so I want to encourage you, find boldness. Be courageous. 
okay? And number three, I want you to love one another, right? Look, at, look around at each other real quick. Just take a quick peek. These people, give me your youth group. Some of them, you're really sick of them. Love one another. Number one, love one another by obeying your leaders. Obeying your leaders. Mikey, turn around. He's like, yeah, obey me. Obey your leaders. It's a demonstration of love. They're not always going to be right. When they tell you to get out of bed, you say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, we're out of it. When they tell you to go talk to those people, you jump to it. When they ask you to pray, pray with all your heart. Love one another. You know, um, Jesus, when he prayed for you, because he did pray for you, John 17, the high priestly prayer, he prayed to God. He says, I pray for those who believe the message of Jesus, the message of the gospel, through his disciples, so all the descendants of the disciples, those who believe because of the New Testament scriptures. I pray for them that they might be completely one. They might be unified. Why? Verse 23, so that the world would know that God sent Jesus and that God loves them. The testimony, the testimony of the very gospel that you're preaching will be communicated by the way you love one another or the way you don't. So love each other, honor each other. Help each other. And the last one is this. I commission you by all that is right in heaven and on earth before this church and with everyone else to have an amazingly fun time. To enjoy yourselves to no end. To live life to the full. To soak it up and be amazed. To laugh and have a hilarious time together. Can you obey that one for me? All right. This is the word of the Lord to all of us. That we would be spiritual. That our testimony is that God's on his throne. Secondly, that we would love one another. And thirdly, that we would enjoy the life that God has given us. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Worship team, come on forward. I'd like to ask the elders, and I'd like to ask the Japan team to just come up front. Come on up. Good, good? Yep. Japan right here. Elders, come on up on the stage with me. Very good. Jesus, we lift up this team to you right now. God, we thank you for what you have placed in their heart, even in the decision to go. And God, I pray that 
as time has passed since they made that decision, God, that you would ignite in them that passion, that, that desire to serve you, God, to make you known. What a privilege it is, God, to go and tell. What a privilege it is to go and show your love. So God, I pray that each and every individual, no matter how much life experience they do or don't have, God, that you, in the power of your spirit, would wash over them right now in this moment and fill them afresh. God, that there would be something in this moment deposited in them that carries them 6,000 plus miles away with their cup running over and a passion to see that love spilled into, poured into the lives of the Japanese people. God, lest they go in the power of your spirit, it will be of no effect. But with your power, by your power, Lives will be transformed. Broken lives will be made new. Blind people will see. Hardened hearts will be softened. People will embrace the truth of the gospel. Fill these people with energy, with strategy, with discernment. Make them courageous. In Jesus' name. We do thank you, Father. We thank you that it's not in their, in, in what you've placed in their heart to go. You have placed it there. It's not their own volition. It's not something they want to do. But God, we believe that you have placed this desire to go and bring revival and renewal and repentance to Japan in their hearts. So God, we thank you for that. We thank you for the word this morning that they don't have to go on their own, that they will receive power from on high and they will be a witness to your power and to your might, to what you have done in their lives that they will be these show-and-tell people that can show what God has done and that they will be a witness to what God has done, how he has transformed. We're reminded of when Paul, when Jesus met Paul on the Damascus Road. He says, I am sending you to open their eyes. So we believe, God, that these people are sent to open the eyes of the Japanese people and turn their heart from darkness to light. From the darkness of Satan to the light of the gospel. And that they would be that Satan would be bound. And that they would know the living God. That your gospel, that Christ died for our sins and was raised again on the third day, according to the scripture, would take root in their lives. And there would be forgiveness of sin. There would be life everlasting and that there would be revival in the Japanese people wherever these folks have gone. Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you that they would be 
the, the beginning of a revival that will take place in the Japanese nation. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us, God. And we just pray. We just thank you for everybody that's going. We pray you for these lives that they would be transformed, not only the Japanese people that they meet and witness to, but that these lives would be, find that their purpose and their destiny is to know what God has for them and his purpose in their lives. So, God, we thank you for that. We pray for that fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit that be a time of transformation in the lives of everybody that goes and everybody that receives. Father, we pray, too, for the Sukiyamas. We thank you for their witness of that nation that you have sent them there. And, Father, that it would be a time of encouragement for them, that they'd be strengthened and encouraged, that they would realize that just exactly where you have sent them, and this would be a confirmation from you, the God, that they are in the right place as a witness and a testimony to the transforming power of Jesus Christ to forgive sins and give life everlasting. We thank you for your life in us, Father, and keep us as a church praying for these folks. Keep us, our hearts, tuned to heaven, encouraging them. We thank you for them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.